1: E, E, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Today, Clark Kent completes his story of Superman's most unusual adventure and turns it in for publication, unaware that Lois Lane is foolishly walking into a mystery that will lead him into another dangerous adventure. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, talk about big moments. Why, think how thrilled you're going to be one of these days when you have completed your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. You'll really feel like strutting around when you have all 18 buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see. And that won't be the end of your fun either. No, sir, there'll be lots more when I bring you some mighty exciting news. You see, these pep comic buttons have made a real hit with fellas and girls in the gang, and no wonder. The colors are so bright and clear, and, and Spud and Pat Patton and Superman and all the others look so lifelike that, well, you wouldn't want to miss out on a single one. And you know, the best part is, it's uh, easy to get these pep comic buttons. You just ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these prizes anywhere. But look for one inside every package of Pep you open. That's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. The sunny, golden, toasted whole wheat flakes that make breakfast such good eating. Yes, sir, Pep certainly makes your appetite sit up and take notice on a spring morning. So ask Mom to get you several packages. Tell her that you want the good eating and the prizes from P.E.P. The sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. While writing the story of Superman's most unusual adventure on assignment from editor Perry White, Clark Kent recalled his harrowing experiences on the planet Utopia. Listen now as Kent continues. In all my life, no one ever came so close to discovering the secret of my true identity as did Zaram, cruel region of Utopia. In fact, he was just on the verge of an experiment that would have confirmed his suspicions when the disintegration of the planet began. Immediately then, he ordered his army into waiting space shells and took off for an invasion of the Earth. Held helpless by the terrific force of gravity on Utopia, I was left to die with Jimmy and his friends Antar and Poco. Then, one moment I was talking with Jimmy, a second later I disappeared from view as the ground opened under my feet and I plummeted down into darkness. Mr. Ken! Mr.
2: Ken! Poco, what happened to Mr... Holy smokes, the ground's cracking right under us. Look out, Poco, I'm falling, I'm falling.
1: As Jimmy and Poco fell into a yawning castle, Utopia leaped clear of its orbit in the firmament, and like the finale of a holiday fireworks display, exploded into a thousand pieces that zoomed through the heavens as if they were fireballs flung from a gigantic Roman castle. the tremendous force of gravity that had held me immobile, I fought my way through mountains of stone, steel, and the rubble of broken buildings in a frenzied effort to find Jimmy. Then, just as I was about ready to give up, I saw the tiny figures of Jimmy and Poco hurtling toward me. Blasting my way toward them through tons of flying debris, I gathered up their unconscious forms, and covering them with my cape, rocketed through into clear space. Pause then for a moment to take breath, gather strength. Jimmy opened his eyes. Where am I? You're safe with me, Jim.
3: Superman! That's right. Oh, boy, am I glad.
1: To... Holy smoke. What's the matter, Jim?
3: Oh, Poco. Poor Poco. Poco will
1: be okay. He's unconscious, but safe enough here under my other
2: arm. Oh, Jeepers, that swell. I was. Oh, golly. Now what? What happened to Mr.
4: Kent and Anthony?
1: Don't worry about Kent. He's all right. was, how do you know? Just take my word for it. Now, about Anthar, well... He... he's gone? I'm afraid so.
4: Poor
2: guy.
1: It is a pity, Jim. But I'm sure he would have wanted to go that way, with his people.
2: I... I guess so.
1: Now, we've got to get back to Metropolis.
2: Yeah, but... but can
4: you find your way back?
1: Maybe, but I'm not going to just trust my own sense of direction. I'm going to let Zaram show me the way home. Zaram? Right. He's leading an army in a fleet of space shells for what he thinks will be an invasion of Earth. Well, we'll let him lead us through space to the orbit of our planet. Then I'll take care of his boys before they get a chance to do any damage. Now, watch how fast we catch up with them. Away! Like an arrow shot from a giant bow, I streaked away in pursuit of Zaram's space shells. Soon I caught up with him, and still carrying Jimmy and Poco, I trailed the region and his army through the vast reaches of space. Then, with Earth in sight. I no longer needed their help to find my way, and rocketing by the utopian armada, I zoomed toward Metropolis. A few moments later, I landed on the roof of the Daily Planet. There we are. Daily Planet lasts stop. all out. Gee whiz, Superman,
2: I don't know how to thank you.
1: Don't bother, Jim. Just see that Poco is taken care of. Now, I've got to... Oh, but wait a minute.
2: What about Mr. Kent? Don't worry about
1: Kent. He'll be along soon. Now, I've got to take care of Zaram and his bad boys before they get a chance to use their secret weapons here. So long, Jim. So
2: long. And good luck, Superman.
4: Thanks. Up and away!
1: Hurtling back up into the sky, I met Zaram's army just as his space fleet was entering the Earth's stratosphere. Gathering speed, I crashed into the spearhead of the V formation. The force of my impact causing the powerful explosives inside the lead space shell to shatter it into a thousand pieces. As the others fell out of formation, I picked them off one by one, chasing them through the heavens until all seven of the tremendous space shells bearing Saram and his fighting force were wiped out of existence. Then, plenty tired even for Superman, I returned to the Daily Planet and, resuming my guise and garb of Clark Kent, returned to write the story of my adventure. I mean, of Superman's adventure. And so, Poco, who, like Superman, was born on another planet, came to live on Earth. Hey, That does it.
2: Hiya, Mr. Kent. Oh,
1: hello, Beanie. Come on in.
2: Thanks. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mr. Oh, that's all
1: right. I was just going to yell for you anyhow. You
5: were? Uh huh. I want you to take
1: the last pages of this story to the city room. She
5: whiz, what a coincidence. Coincidence? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Oh. I mean, Mr. Burroughs sent me to see if you have any more copy because he's making up the Sunday magazine section and I he... see.
1: Well, run along to Burroughs with this. Okay. I'll go in and tell the chief I've finished.
5: Oh, gee whiz. I wouldn't go into Mr. White's office if I were you. Why? What's up? I don't know. Except he's hitting the ceiling. Something about Miss Lane. Lois?
1: What'd she do now? Search me. Well, I'll find out right now. Disregarding Beanie's admonition, Clark Kent strides toward Perry White's office To find out why the editor is so furious with Lois Lane Unaware that what he is about to learn Will lead him into a new and dangerous adventure as Superman As we continue now, Clark Kent has just entered Perry White's office In time to hear the gray-haired editor shout into his telephone Miss Packrack, you call Wilson on the morning blade and tell him he can stop trying to steal my reporters. Tell him he can have Lois Lane on his payroll as of now because I'm through with her. What? You heard me. She's fired. What's the matter with you, Chief? That'll uh, teach her not to disregard orders. What happened? When I say no, I mean no. I'm the boss around well, here. Chief. And I what don't ha- want to leave followed up. It's because my superior experience tells me it's a your Sure, Chief. Sure. Neither but... Lois Lane or you nor any other oh, but... reporter working for me can Look, disregard you... my orders and get away with it. Do you understand? For oh, the love of Mike, Chief, will you please calm down long enough to tell me what's going on? What order did Lois disregard? Where is she? She's up in Canada. The North Fishing Banks, against my explicit orders to the contrary. What in heaven's name is she doing up there? Chasing a wild goose, that's what. What do you mean? Well, here's the story. You remember that crackpot correspondent we've got in Squeen Run? Squeen? Run? Oh, <laughs> you mean Horatio F for French horn? Yes, <laughs> Horatio F for Fooey horn would be better, <laughs> or F for fish in this case. Well, what about it? Well, a few days ago he came to see me all steamed up over what he thinks is a terrific yarn that's brewing up there in that fishing territory. Uh-huh. A cock and bull story that began stewing in his bird brain when a very rich man who lives in Squeen Run stopped getting his regular weekly shipments of a rare fish that he re- relishes for breakfast. Uh, shipments that uh, used to be flown in for him from the North Banks and then suddenly stopped. Why? Because the fishermen have stopped going out on their regular runs and horn things. It's all tied up to something mysterious. Well, maybe it is. What? Great Caesar. Don't tell me that you go for that, too. I didn't say that, Chief. I only said maybe it is.
5: Ah, uh, Chief. I mean, Mr. Yes, White. what do you want? Miss Backrack told me to give you this telegram. It's from Miss Lane, and she from thought. Lois? Yeah, Mr. Kent. Miss Backrack. Never mind
1: what she thought. Go on, beat it, beat it. Yes,
5: sir, Mr.
1: White. She whisked. Well, I'll be Well, how do you like this for nerve? What does she say, Chief? Now, uh, listen to this for sheer gall. What? Convinced Horatio Horn right again. Looks like real big story brewing here. I'm taking long chance to dig it up. Does she mean by a long chance I want her? why nothing she's just being cute now listen if you don't hear from me within twenty four hours, suggest you contact Superman contact Superman yes how do you like that? I don't like it at all, Chief sounds to me as if Lois is afraid of what she's walking into. <laughs> Clark Kent is right. Lois Lane doesn't know what she and the eccentric correspondent Horatio Horn are walking into. If she did, she'd be more than tempted to stop her investigation before she really begins. One day we begin a new Superman adventure that deals with deep mystery born of dark superstition on the stormy, fog-bound shores of the North Atlantic. So be sure not to miss a minute of it. And remember, if your community observes daylight time, starting next week, this program will be heard at the same hour. If you remain on Standard Time, it may be heard at a different hour. For exact broadcast time in your area, consult your local newspaper or mutual station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's tap. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Cap, the sunshine cereal.
0: Behold my process. Ooh, let yeah, me do something right here, huh it's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises and loving to door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy! Ha ha! Ha ha From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes,
4: dude! Calabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! hoo To the Box, what's with
0: day You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leak tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane! It's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! E-E-E Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Hey, Clark Kent is worried that Lois Lane and Horatio Horn are walking into danger. And well, he might be, as we learn in a moment. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, have you taken stock lately of your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pap? Have you counted up to see how near you are to collecting all 18 buttons in the series? Well, say, here's a tip. It might be a pretty good idea to round off your whole collection this week, because next Monday, I'm going to have something new and exciting to talk to you about, something terrific. So get busy, gang. Check up on your duplicates, you know, and see if you have any to swap, and count up all the different characters that you've collected. Now, they're 18 and all, you know, older, uh, funny favorite favorites like Pat Patton and, and Tess Trueheart and Chief Brandon, Vibin Flithart and Julian Corky and Superman, of course. And if you're still missing a comic button or two, you better remind Mom right now to get you some more Kellogg's Pep. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to look for your prize every time you open a new package of Kellogg's Pep and look for some mighty delicious eating, too, because Pep is loaded with that catchy sunshine flavor. Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal and it's mighty good for you with its sunshine vitamin D and energy vitamin B1 added to good whole wheat flakes. So get your good eating and exciting prizes from P.E.P., the Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Clark Kent finished his assignment to write a feature story on Superman's most unusual adventure, he found Perry White in a raging temper, furious at Lois Lane. Finally calmed down, the gray-haired editor of the Daily Planet told Kent the reason for his outburst was Lois's deliberate disregard for orders, that, flaunting his authority, Lois had gone off with Horatio Horn, an eccentric Daily Planet correspondent, to track down what Horn insisted were mysterious goings-on at the North Fishing Banks in Canada. While White was telling this to Kent, a telegram arrived from Lois saying that she was now convinced that Horatio Horn had found the lead for a hot story, and ominously concluded with...
5: If you don't hear from me in 24 hours, I suggest that you contact Superman.
1: For a moment, Perry White stared at the telegram in his hand. Then, like an overloaded steam boiler, he exploded, accusing Lois of trying to be smart-alecky. But Kent disagreed. Obviously worried, he said... No, Chief, I don't think Lois meant this to be smart-alecky at all. No, no, What do you think she meant? I think she's completely serious. Oh, rubbish. Well, what makes you so sure you're right? Why can't you believe she and Horatio Horn really did run into a hot story? Because I know that crackpot Horn well enough by this time not to fall for his hot leads. Chief, that doesn't mean that... What can like... you expect from a scatterbrain who's a part-time telegrapher, a part-time justice of the peace, part-time amateur detective, uh, and what wait have a you... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't overlook the fact that Horn did come up with one of the biggest scoops we ever ran. Now, so, he was lucky once. Does that make him a Walter Winchell? No, but he could be right again. Uh, he could be, but I say he isn't. All right, don't let's jump to conclusions. Tell me more about the story he and Lois are chasing down. I've already told you all I know. All you told me was that Horatio Horn came to see... Horatio F. Horn, if you please. F. For fish story. Wait a minute. Let's forget for a moment your personal feelings about Horn. Just tell me what he said. Well, he came dashing in to see me with a mad gleam in his eye and a high temperature. All steamed up over what he thinks is a mystery up on the Canadian fishing banks. How or where did he get the lead? Well, that is what really killed me. Why? It seems that a very wealthy character who, for some unknown reason, chooses to live in Squeen Run, has for many years been getting a regular weekly shipment of a certain rare fish that he relishes for his breakfast. Yes? Well, as part-time telegrapher, Horn found out the shipments had suddenly stopped when this, this fish-eater began sending wires to Canada asking for reasons why. So? So, from the returning wires, Horn learned that the reason the shipments had ceased was that the fishing fleet had stopped making their runs, and that's what got him all hot and bothered. Oh, there must be more to it than that. Oh, Sure. And I'll tell you what it is. The fishermen are on strike, or the fish aren't running, or the weather's bad, or any one of a dozen perfectly logical reasons. Mystery. (laughs) Well, the only mystery is how a crackpot like Horatio Horn is in a padded cell. Mm, I'm sorry, Chief, but I don't go along with you. Granted that Horn isn't any great shakes of a reporter. Lois is. And she wouldn't send a wire like that because of a strike or a storm. I know it. Uh, How do you know it? Do you uh, read tea leaves, or do you look into a crystal ball? for one thing, we'd have had a report of a strike. For another thing... Yes? Oh, I, I, I don't know. i just got a funny feeling, Chief. Call it a hunch if you like, but... Oh, no, here we go again. Well, I'd feel a lot easier if I were with Lois right now. Is that so? Yes. Matter of fact, I think I'll zip up... To You'll him. do nothing of the kind. Oh, now, look, Chief. You heard me. But, Chief, you, you stay are. right where you are. Won't you set foot out of this office without my okay? Or so, help me, Hannah. Uh, you're through. You understand? Well, okay, Chief. You win. For now. But I can't promise to make this arrangement definite. Meanwhile, in San Selmo, a fishing village on the north Atlantic coast of Canada, Lois Lane is seated at a bare wooden table in a shadowy corner of a smoke-filled fisherman's tavern. With her is Horatio F. Horn, eccentric Daily Planet correspondent and amateur detective. Obviously nervous, Lois's fingers drum on the tabletop, and her eyes keep glancing at the door each time it opens to
2: admit another patron.
5: What time is it now, Horatio? Uh, Let me see. Uh, It's.
2: uh, Yes, it's just a quarter past eight.
5: Uh, Yes, sir. Then he's 15 minutes late, isn't he? Yes,
2: Miss Lane. He promised to meet us here at 8 p.m., so that makes him precisely... Ah, yes,
5: I know, I know. I've already said it. Look, this is the blue anchor, isn't it? Of course it is. Mm. I made quite certain of that before we entered. And, and he he did say the blue anchor, didn't he? Indeed he did, Miss Lane.
2: Matter of fact, I have it written down right here in my little notebook. See? There it is, written very plainly. Hey, never mind, Horatio. I believe you. Uh, good idea not to trust one's memory, you know. I learned that from my correspondence course in detecting. The International Institute. You see, the human mind, like other human oh, organs... please, Horatio, failure, some other time. Uh, very well. I just thought I'd give you the benefit of my experience and knowledge. I'm sorry.
5: Forgive me if I seem rude, but... Frankly, I- I'm upset.
2: Upset? About what?
5: Well, I don't like what's going on in this town. It gives me the creeps. And so does this place. What's more, Horatio, I'm afraid our man isn't going to show up. Oh, I can hardly believe that, Miss Lane. In view of his delighted reaction to your offer of $100 for his services, let's wait
2: just a while longer.
5: Well, all right, but I can't stand the foul, smoky air in this place. Let's wait for him outside, shall we? Come on. Feel better now, Miss Lane? Oh, much. Another five minutes in there and I'd have passed out.
4: Mm.
5: Uh, would, uh, would you like to borrow my coat? No, no, thank you. I'm not chilly. I'm just... Creepy. Creepy? Uh-huh. This, this fog and this mournful clanging of those bellboys and... Well, uh, the whole atmosphere of this village just oppresses me and makes Wait, me... explain. it. I think What's that... the matter? Yes, it is. Look, it's him. Thank heaven.
2: Uh... Good evening, you, Mr. Barnaby. Evening.
5: We just about giving you up. Yes, <laughs> as a matter of fact,
2: uh, we-, we arrived at the conclusion that uh, you decided not to go through with our bargain. Yeah,
5: right, mister. I ain't going to do it. No, 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 serious, Mr. Barnaby. Yes, ma'am. But... I ain't moving offshore. But you agreed. To... Wait a minute. Why have you changed you... your mind, Mr. Barnaby? Yes, Mike Oliver, why?
2: For the same reason that no other man in his right senses has put out to sea from the shore for more than two weeks.
5: Will you please tell us what in heaven's name is going on here? What's keeping the fishermen ashore? Something out there in the ocean. That's what everyone keeps saying. Something out there in the ocean. Can't you be more explicit? Yes, just what is out there.
2: Well, I...
1: I can't tell you. What? Except it... Well, it's like nothing human eyes has ever seen before. I've shrouded in the gathering fog. Lois Lane looks up into the fear drawn face of the weather beaten fisherman. But before she can speak, he has turned on his heel and vanished into the darkness. As we continue now, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn temporarily blocked in their efforts to uncover the mystery that hangs like a dark, fearful cloud over the Canadian fishing village of Selmo, have just begun to walk dejectedly back toward their hotel. Suddenly, they are startled by a burly figure that
3: slips silently out of a narrow alley between two buildings. Evening, folks. Oh, great Lucifer. Sorry to make you two so suspicious like. Oh, oh that, uh,
5: that's all right.
3: Marble's my name, Captain Jonathan Marble. How do you do? I heard you talking to Barnaby. Oh. I gathered he backwatered on a deal to take you offshore in his boat. That's right.
2: And uh, what, may I ask, is that to you, sir?
3: Do you really want to go out there and see what's keeping the fishing fleet tied up at the docks?
2: Yes, by Gulliver, we certainly do. Would,
3: would
5: you take us out?
3: Aye, that I will. For $200 in advance.
5: 200 Captain Marble, you've got a deal.
3: Hold on. Before you set foot aboard my boat, it's only fitting that I warn you. You may never come back to shore alive.
5: Well, why do you say that? Look, if going offshore is so dangerous, why are you so willing to take the chance?
3: My reasons, ma'am, is private. Now, do you hear Don't you want to go?
2: No. No,
5: I say we better wait. We're for not waiting way- for anything. Captain, where's your boat, and how soon can we shove off?
3: He's tied up at the foot of the street. Good. I can be ready to sail ten minutes after we get aboard. But remember my warning, because once we get underway... I ain't turning back.
5: I understand. Let's go.
1: Unwilling to be frightened by Captain Marvel's ominous warning, Lois Lane takes Horatio Horn's arm and follows the burly fisherman down the dark street. What will happen? Will Lois and Horatio Horn learn what is tied up the North Bank's fishing fleet? And if they do, at what cost to themselves? All we can tell you now is that Superman is soon forced into action. So don't miss a single episode in this new and thrilling Superman adventure, The Phantom of the Sea. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the
0: sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet. Lane comes face to face with the mystery of the sea, while Clark Kent, worried and concerned, is still forced by editor Perry White to remain in Metropolis, although a sixth sense tells him that Lois and Horatio Horn are about to expose themselves to grave danger. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Hey, nowadays, the theme is hurry, hurry, hurry. See if you can be the first in your crowd to collect all 18 of those exciting comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Yes, sir, get your collection complete before I bring you some exciting news next week. Why, think how proud you'd feel with all those bright-colored gleaming buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. And if you were the first in your gang to have them all. So if you have a duplicate that you haven't traded yet, you better hop to it. And be sure to be on hand for the exciting moment when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pep. Maybe you'll get just the button that you need. You know, the Little Moose, maybe, or, or Goofy, or Beezy, or Superman himself. Sure, that's how easy it is to get these pet comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. They come only as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pet. That's P-E-P, you know. The Sunshine Cereal. Peps a dish that's just right for breakfast come springtime because it's so sunny and golden, toasted and delicious. Why, that famous sunshine flavor is so doggone tantalizing. Your spoon keeps digging in for more and more. And before you know it, your bowl's polished clean as a whistle. Mom likes that because peps are good for you. So ask her to get you some P-E-P. The Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of
3: Superman.
1: The cold and clammy fingers of fear seem to have fastened on the tiny fishing village of San Selmo, on the Canadian Atlantic coast. Women and children speak in hushed voices behind drawn blinds. And strong men who fear nothing human move with suspicious caution along the village's fog-shrouded streets. At the docks, the sturdy fishing fleet lies desolate and deserted. No boat will venture offshore so long as the deep, dark ocean contains what the villagers refer to as the Thing... In an effort to solve the mystery, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, an eccentric Daily Planet correspondent who fancies himself a detective, have come to San Salmo. Unable, however, to secure any information from the obviously terror-stricken natives, they engaged the services of Captain Jonathan Marble, a burly, gruff-speaking skipper, who agreed to take them to the offshore fishing grounds in his
3: boat. But not before he warned. It's only fair to tell ye that if we meet up with what's out there, ye may never come back
1: to shore alive. As we continue now, we join Lois and Horatio Horn aboard the Nancy Ruth, Captain Marble's diesel-powered fishing boat. A swirling gray fog is closing in over the choppy waters as the boat heads eastward toward the open sea.
2: Listen.
5: Fog's
2: getting thicker, isn't it, Captain Marble? Aye.
5: C- kind of, uh, choppy too, isn't it?
2: Oh, mate. Uh, Look, Miss Lane, maybe we'd better... But you're t- going
5: to suggest turning back Horatio, skip it. I wired the first installment of this story to the paper before we came aboard, and I'm staying aboard until we see what's out here, and that's final. Uh, remember Captain Marvel's warning, Miss Lane? I don't think he was serious. Were you, Captain?
3: I, I was. You may judge better for yourself when you lay eyes on the thing.
5: Have, have you ever seen it?
3: I, that I have. The fearful sight it is, too. One that makes strong men shudder with sudden weakness, and weaker men faint get away. You see, Miss Lane, it's no laughing matter.
5: Nobody's laughing, Horatio, but I'm certainly not going to let anything frighten me until I see it for myself and make certain that it is real.
3: Just be patient, ma'am. you You'll see for yourself, and may the Lord protect you.
1: Captain Marvel's somber words echoing in their ears. Lois Lane and Horatio Horn shudder in the foggy darkness as the boat plows through the rough sea. Meanwhile, in Metropolis, Clark Kent is in the office of Editor Perry White, who has just received Lois' telegraphed story from San Selmo. Well, I'll be. What is it, Chief? Great Caesar's Coast. Well, Chief, for Pete's sake. No, wait, can't wait. Let me finish this. The way your eyes are bulging out of your head, I'd say Lois's first dispatch. As you convinced, she's really run into a story up there. Yes, but... but uh, Oh, well, this just can't be. Well, do you mind letting me read it so I know what you're talking about? No, no, no. Here, here. Read it. Read Thanks. It. Is it possible that people still fall for such a superstitious tripe mm. in the 20th century? The entire local fishing industry is paralyzed by an unreasonable fear... ...of some apparently frightening thing said to be seen at the North Fishing Banks about three miles offshore. Now, does that make sense to you, Kent? Wait a minute, Chief. Questioned by this reporter, natives refuse to comment beyond the statement that... ...there's something out there in the sea. Of all the ridiculous rubbish. I don't know about that, Chief. Well, there certainly isn't anything supernatural. Oh, of course not. Then why all the fuss? I tell you, Lois and Horn are making up something out of nothing in order to justify that trip. I tell you, that's nonsense. Then will you please explain what this is all about? Well, I don't know, but, but it sounds as if... Is it what? Well, you know how some people believe in legends. Yes. This may be the beginning of a superstitious legend. All the more reason for ignoring it. Oh. We're running a newspaper, not a Ghost Story magazine. On the other hand, Lois reports the entire village affected. That sounds like more than just a legend. Oh, come now, Kent. Oh, well, now, wait. I, I don't mean to imply that <laughs> there actually is a supernatural monster in the sea of St. Selmo. Then what do you mean? I don't know exactly, Chief, but... Uh, don't tell me. Well, don't tell me. You've got another of your hunches. That's right. I've got a feeling there's something important behind this mystery. Something too big for Lois and Horatio Horn to handle alone. And great big uh, strong you wants to go up there and help them. Is that it? Well... Yeah, get it out of your head, Kent. You're staying here. But,
2: Chief, Lopes is. We'll not... find out just what's going on with Lois right now.
1: What are you doing? Making a call to... Oh, uh, Miss Backrack, uh, Put through a call for Lois Lane at the Fisherman's Inn. Yeah, that's right. It's in St. Selmo, Canada. No, no, Selmo. S-E-L-M-O. Yes, and hurry it up. I know, I know, but this is an emergency. Well, now, what do you expect to learn from talking with her? Well, for one thing, I'll find out if her story's on the level. Then we'll see what we'll do about it. Well, until uh... then, you stay put. Once again prevented from following a hunch, Clark Kent, in reality, Superman, is forced to fidget uneasily in Metropolis. While aboard Captain Marble's boat, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn move closer and closer to the mystery of the North Fishing Banks.
5: Haven't we been running more than half an hour, Horatio? Oh, let me see. Uh,
2: Yes, Miss Lane. It's been exactly 55 minutes since we
5: left the dock. Do you... Do you think Captain Marvel has lost his way in the park? I doubt it. It's quite a sea running.
2: Chances are it held us back somewhat. Oh.
5: Horatio. Yes, Miss Lane. Do you... Well, that is... I mean... How do you feel about Captain Uh, What do you mean? Do you trust him? I mean, do you think that he... Well, Well, sharp, Uh, What's that, Captain?
3: Look sharp now. We're coming on the fishing banks.
5: You... You mean this is where the the thing is supposed to be?
3: Aye. It was in these waters. It was last seen.
5: Hold my arm, Lee Horatio. I'm afraid of falling overboard.
4: Uh,
2: don't worry, Miss Lane. I'll hold on to you, back, Oliver. Uh, Captain Marble. What do you want? How are we going to see anything? In this fog, I mean.
3: It's beginning to lift. He's right, Horatio. It is. Do you see good enough? If there's anything to see. Say, what's that out there
2: at
5: It looks like a... Oh, it looks like a couple of red light buoys.
3: There's no light buoys out here. Well, then what could have... it? I haven't
5: touched it! The thing? I
3: How do you believe Great Lucifer?
2: Just look at the size those, of Those those huge red glowing eyes. Mark like how it lashes the sea in the bone. Good it, it, it's sickness. us. What? Look, it's coming toward us. See out of it. Show it is. Swing the boat around. Swing it. Hurry, It's going to ramp it! <laughs>
1: Marble swings his boat in a dangerously sharp turn. Lois, Lane, and Horatio Horn stare in terrified disbelief at what appears to be a huge red eyed sea monster rushing toward them. What will happen now? As we continue now, Captain Marble, disregarding the rough sea, is swinging his boat in a sharp U turn in an effort to escape from what appears to be a huge red eyed sea monster, bent on ramming the fishing craft. Standing in the stern with Horatio Horn, Lois screams a warning as the boat heels over until its gunnels are almost underwater.
4: Captain Marble! Look
3: out! We're going to capsize! Hang on, are you going? To...
2: We made Oh, thank heaven! But we're not safe yet, by Gulliver. That that thing's coming lickety split after us. Oh yes! Thank...
1: After the crushing impact, Captain Marvel's dirty fishing boat makes a valiant effort to remain on its keel Then, killing over sharply, it capsizes Spilling its skipper and passengers, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn Into the cold, dark waters of the North Atlantic What is this thing that appears to be an angry, monstrous creature of the sea? And what will happen now to Lois and her two companions? While Superman, prevented by Perry White from following his hunch Is still in Metropolis Fretfully pacing the floor of White's office in his guise of Clark Kent There are thrills and excitement ahead in Superman's adventure with the Phantom of the Sea, so don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures
3: of Superman.
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's
0: Pack, the Sunshine Serial. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet.
0: More powerful than
1: a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound.
3: Look, up in
1: the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P, E, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Serial, presents The Adventures of Superman. Superman. Clark Kent as Superman finally reaches the scene of the mystery. But evidently, too late. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, just three more days, gang. Just today, tomorrow, and the next day left for me to be telling you about this series of exciting comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Next week, there'll be news for you. So you hop to it and get your collection of all 18 buttons complete. For instance, do you have Brenda Starr yet? Or Cindy, uh, Spud, the Little Moose, and Louvie and Beezy and Superman? Actually, how close are you to having every single one in this series? Well, you won't want to miss out, you know, because these pet comic buttons are doggone good looking. You want to wear them all pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see. And you'd hate to miss the fun of trading duplicates with your pals and comparing notes, too. Now, how you get these pet comic buttons is important. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pep and look inside every package for your prize. And you'll find some mighty swell eating in a package of Pep, too. A breakfast dish with a sunny, golden toasted flavor that's mighty satisfying on a spring morning. Every single whole flake is crisp. Every spoonful gives your morning appetite a real lift. So ask mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now the adventures of Superman. Deciding to personally investigate a mysterious something in the sea that had paralyzed an entire fishing fleet with fear, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, eccentric Daily Planet correspondent, hired a boat owned and operated by a Captain Marble. Putting out from San Selmo, a tiny fishing village on the Canadian coast, their skipper took Lois and Horn to the North Bank's fishing grounds, where, as the evening fog began to lift, they were horrified to see what appeared to be a gigantic sea monster. Churning the waters to foam, its bright red eyes glared balefully as it glided forward, bearing down on them with great speed and force. And before they could escape, it rammed and capsized their boat, then disappeared into the darkness. As we continue now, Clark Kent is making a vain attempt to reach Lois by telephone. As the girl reported together with Horatio Horn and Captain Marble clings to the wreckage of the capsized boat. A stiff breeze lashes the sea into angry white-capped waves that pound at the shipwrecked trio as if trying to tear them loose from the upturned hull. Listen.
2: Horatio. Here. Here I am, Miss Lane. Uh, are you all right? Uh. As well as could be expected
5: under the circumstances. That, that's Captain Marvel. Here we are, Captain. Come on over here and join us. Sorry. Well, this is a pretty kettle of fish. Oh, please, Mr.
2: Horn. No puns now. Sorry. No pun intended. are
5: you all right? Both of you? If you mean no broken bones, yes. But I don't know how... How long I can hold on? You've got to hold on, Miss Lane. Maybe, maybe someone will come looking for us. Not much
2: chance of that, Mister. Why not, Captain? Somebody might have seen us go out. Hey,
3: but they won't come looking. Not out here. You,
2: you mean because of the the sea monster?
3: Hey, well, now you've seen it. You're nice. You know you can't blame him. Yes, but
2: but we must do something. We we can't
3: just stay out here and, and drown. Yeah, from the way things is going. <coughs> here we have much better to look forward to. Well, why do you say that, Captain? Because this hull won't stay afloat much longer.
5: I wish I'd listen to Mr. White and take home. Well, why not
2: wish for Superman while you're wishing.
5: I just well wish for the
2: both. Uh, don't be discouraged, Miss Lane. Remember? While there's
3: life, there's hope.
1: While Horatio Horn tries valiantly to bolster up Lois Lane in the face of Captain Marvel's glum forecast of doom, Clark Kent paces the floor in Perry White's office at the Daily Planet, where they are both waiting for a long-distance phone call to be put through to the girl reporter. Oh, for heaven's sake, Kent, will you please stop pacing the floor? I'm sorry, Chief, but I can't help being nervous. Oh, sit down and relax. Wearing out my rug isn't going to help matters. Why don't you practice what you preach? Huh? huh? What do you mean? You're just as worried as I am. All right, all right, so I am worried. Who wouldn't be? We've been waiting over an hour to get that call through to Lois in St. Selmo. Why in tarnation should it take so long? I don't know. Maybe they can't locate her. Maybe she's out. Oh, what will she be doing out at this hour of the night? She could be following up a leak. Li- well... The phone. I'll get it. I got it. Hello? Yes, Miss Backrack. Did you... What? Still haven't located her. Wait, see Well, me. did they say when... She... Wait a minute. What's that? She went where? Never expect to see her again. What's that? Because What? Great Scott, are you sure? Ken, for peace sake. No, that won't be necessary. Thank you, Miss Backrack. So what's happened, Ken? What's the matter? Lois and Horn hired a boat and went out to the fishing ground several hours ago to locate the sea monster. Good heavens! They haven't been seen or heard from since. From what the St. Selmo telephone operator told Miss Backrack, the villagers never expect to see them again. That's impossible. Well, maybe, but this time I'm going to follow my hunch to St. Selmo, so don't waste your breath trying to stop me. Thoroughly alarmed, Clark Kent rushes out of the startled editor's office and, locking himself in the storeroom, strips off his street clothes to stand revealed as Superman. Up this window, now,
4: out and away!
1: Locketing up into the night sky, the man of steel darts eastward to the sea. Then veers left and streaks along the North Atlantic coast toward Canada. In a few moments, he covers the vast distance from Metropolis and drops down behind the Fisherman's Inn in San Somo. Then, swiftly resuming the guise and garb of the mild mannered reporter, Clark Kent, he strides into the deserted lobby of the small hotel and approaches the elderly clerk who snores peacefully in a chair behind the desk. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, What's that? Sorry to wake you, but I'd like to... That's all right, young man. What can I do for you? I'm looking for a young lady, a newspaper reporter. Reporter, you say? Yes, her name is Lois Lane, and I understand she went out to the fishing grounds in a hired boat. Do you happen to know if that's true? As far as I know it is,
2: and if it is true, don't ever expect to see her again, alive, that is. Why do you say that? Because there's something out there, that's why. And if she ain't Mr. Horn, that's why I'm with her... Even
1: when they saw it, they're plumb goners. Now, look, can you give me any idea whose boat she hired? Well, I'm here to make a deal with Ike Barnaby to take him out. Uh, tell me where this man Barnaby lives. Yep, but it won't do any good. Why not? Because if he took him out, he don't live there no more. Now, please tell me where to find his place. Yeah, uh, Just as you say, Ike's shack is down at the foot of the next street, alongside this moor dock. Thanks very much. Good night. Yep. I wouldn't take no chance of running into that thing living out there in the sea for ten times what they offered. And I warned them to stay away from it. But they wouldn't pay me no mind. Who did take them out, Mr. Barnaby? Jonathan Marble. Well, they're done for three of them. What makes you so sure? As a run shouldn't take more than an hour. Hour and a half both ways. Especially in Marble's Nancy Ruth. He's a fast 48-footer with diesel power he have been gone now more than three hours. Mm, this looks more than ever like a job for Superman. How's that, Mr. Kent? Uh, oh, I was uh, just thinking out loud. Uh, look, Mr. Barnaby, could you tell me just where on the fishing grounds this uh, this thing you speak of is said to be found? Uh, you're not thinking of going out there to look for him? I might. Hmm. Who'd be fool enough to take you out? Even let you hire a boat. Uh, don't you worry about that. I'll manage it, all right. Just give me the course. You're asking for it, so here it is. Go straight out from the docks to the last bell buoy. Keep it on your stabbard. There are three points east-northeast for two miles. And we'll run you smack dab into it. Much obliged, Mr. Barnaby. Good night. Good night. And heaven help you. Leaving the puzzled fisherman shaking his head sadly, Lark and ducks behind a darkened shack and once again resumes his true identity of Superman. And a moment later he takes to the sky in search of his friends. Will he find them? As Superman takes off in an effort to find them, Lois Lane, Horatio Horn, and Captain Marvel are still floundering in the angry waters of the cold North Atlantic. Cramped and nearly frozen, they cling for dear life to the fast-sinking hull of their capsized boat.
4: Only a
3: few minutes left before this hull goes under. Oh, that,
5: that's a happy thought, Captain.
3: Quick! Let go and swim away from this hull. Fast as you can. Oh, she's going under. Uh, Who can swim? I, I can't move a muscle. I will help you, Miss Lane. All right. No. Push away with your legs. Uh, no. uh, well, there goes the Nancy Roof. Best boat ever owned. Swim fast, or the suction will drag you under. <laughs>
1: desperately with numbed fingers to the bits of wood torn from the wreckage. Lois Lane, Horatio Horn, and Captain Marble continue to drift farther and farther eastward into the vast Atlantic Ocean. Meanwhile, Superman has arrived at the spot where they first capsized and, hovering in midair, vainly scans the angry white-capped waters. This is where Barnaby said they went, but they're not here now. Where can they be? I must find them, I must. Away! Unaware that the tide has carried his friends out to sea, Superman continues his search of the area, his keen eyes scanning the dark waters as he skims low. How will Superman find the shipwrecked trio? And will it be in time to save them all from serious injury or worse? Perhaps he may even run into the so-called sea monster. Now that Superman has gone into action, there's excitement ahead in this mysterious story of the Phantom of the Sea. So don't miss the next episode. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the Sunshine Cereal.
0: I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound in the sky, it's a bird,
2: it's a plane, it's Superman, Kellogg's Pep,
1: P-E-P Pep, Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents, The Adventures of Superman, today after rescuing three people from almost certain death. Superman sets out to prove that the mysterious creature of the North Fishing Banks is not a supernatural monster of the deep. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, gang, I've been hinting at some big news that I'm going to have for you on Monday... I'm awful sorry I can't tell you about it right now, but money's the day. But I will tell you this, you're going to be mighty glad when you hear what it is if you've finished off your collection of comic buttons in that new series from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Yes, sir, you're going to wish that you had all 18 of those comic strip characters pinned on your jacket or your dress or your cap. Vitamin Flintheart and the Spud and Superman and all the rest. Boy, you'd hate to miss out on a single one of those nifty comic buttons, wouldn't you? There's a bright-colored and smart-looking. The pictures show up so clear and sharp against that gleaming white background. And these exciting comic buttons are so easy to get. All you do is to ask mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pep and look for your prize inside every package you open. And you don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere, but you get one plus loads of good eating in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the whole wheat flakes with that catchy golden toasted flavor that always tastes like more. Pep's good for you too, sure. It has extra amounts of vitamins B1 and D. So remember, gang, complete your collection of comic buttons from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. A strange and fearful sea monster reported seen in the waters of the North Fishing Banks has terrified the natives of St. Selmo, a village on the Canadian North Atlantic coast, and put a sudden stop to the local fishing industry. On the trail of a front page story, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, an eccentric Daily Planet correspondent, hired a boat skippered by Captain Marvel, a fearless fisherman, and went out to the fishing grounds, hoping to prove that the monster was either a product of frightened imaginations or perhaps a harmless whale. Instead, they saw what appeared to be an enormous red eyed creature who rammed into their boat and sank it, spilling them into the cold, dark ocean. As we continue now, Superman, worried by Lois's disappearance, is frantically searching for her. While she, Horatio Horn, and Captain Marvel, clinging with cramped, frozen arms to pieces of wreckage, barely manage to keep afloat in the swift current that carries them further and further out into the open sea. Listen,
5: Horatio, wh- what happened to Captain Marvel?
2: He, he's unconscious, Miss Lane.
5: Oh no! Yes,
2: how cold. A, a piece of driftwood struck him on the head. I'm hanging on to him though.
5: Poor fellow. Maybe he's better off that way, though. What do you mean? Oh, let's face it, Horatio. We'll we'll never be found. You mustn't give up. What's the use of only prolongs the agony. No.
2: No, remember, while there's
5: life, there's no. Oh no. Hope left anymore. Look. What's that? Water Horatio? Looks like a bird. Skipping the water. Well, what of it? Lucifer.
2: Can it be? What? Yes. Yes, I think it is. It is what? We're We're saved. We're saved. Good heavens.
1: It's Superman. Superman. in Superman. Just in time, too. For the look a things. You
2: can say that again, my God. Oh, I must be drinking Not at
1: all, Lois. You'll be all right now.
5: Oh, None of this time with you. Hey. Captain Marble. Please. I got
1: it. Now you, Mr. Horn.
5: Silverman, how did you know? How did you ever find Never mind it? the
1: questions now. You're all in bad shape. So here we go back to St. Selmo.
4: Oh, and away!
1: You're sure they don't need hospitalization, Doctor? Quite sure, Mr. Kemp. They're just suffering from shock and exposure. Good. Nothing that warms and rest won't take care of. That's fine. Oh, what about Captain Marvel? Oh, he's he... got a nasty head cut. Took four stitches. oh But he's asleep now and resting comfortably.
5: Oh, I'm glad to hear that.
1: And that's what you should be doing, Miss Lane. And you too, Mr. Horn. You're right, Doctor. Now, Mr. if you'll help Mr. Horn to his... Oh, no, the...
5: just one minute, please. There's something I must know before I go to sleep.
1: Lois, you heard what the doctor said.
5: I've got to know how you got here tonight, Clark, and, and how Superman ever found us. That can wait, Lois. That
1: maybe you'd better tell her, Mr. Kent. She'll rest easy. And so will I, Thank Oliver. Well, go on. I'll give you five minutes to talk while I have a look at Captain Mike.
5: Thank you, Doctor.
1: All right. Here it is. The Chief and I were worried about you two, particularly when we tried to get you on a long-distance phone and were told that you had gone out to investigate that mysterious thing in the ocean. So... So
5: you contacted Superman, and he brought you out with him and then went off to look for us.
1: Uh... Well, yeah, yes, that, that that's about it.
2: And a lucky thing it was for
5: us. Oh, and how. Oh, Clark, you should have seen that... that monster. It was terrifying. It, it must have been 200 feet long with a huge lashing tail. And enormous eyes like... like big red spotlights. Oh, it makes me shudder just to think of it. I shouldn't wonder, but what is it? We don't know. Well... Either
2: it's supernatural well, or... Don't
1: talk nonsense, Horatio. You know as well as I do, there are no supernatural monsters. Of
5: course not, but, Horatio. But, but, Mr. Kent, I tell You're you You're just that... letting your imagination run away with you. But I saw it. So did Miss Lane. Uh, didn't you, Miss Lane? Yes, Horatio, but I don't think it was supernatural. Of course not.
1: Probably a, a, a whale or a shark.
5: Two hundred feet long with red eyes? Are you sure it was two hundred feet long? At least... No imagination plays strange tricks. Oh, this wasn't imagination, Clark. We saw something. Yes, and something wrecked Captain Marvel's boat.
1: Well, there's no sense arguing about it. One thing, however, is certain. If it overturned a boat, it's either a creature of flesh and blood or... Or, or what? Well, I'd rather not say until I'm sure. at uh, time's up, Mr. Kent. I know my patients must get some rest. Right, Doctor. Come on, show and help you back to your room. See you in the morning, Lois. Uh,
2: good night, Miss Lane. <laughs>
1: After seeing the weakened Horatio Horn safely to his room, Clark Kent, his brow furrowed in deep thought, walks out of the Fisherman's Inn and strolls slowly through the darkened main street of the sleeping village toward the nearby docks. There he pauses, and his eyes range over the fleet of deserted fishing boats made idle by superstitious fear. Fifty boats moored to their docks at the height of the fishing season. There's more to this than just imagination, and I think getting to the bottom of it is a job for Superman. Yeah. Off with these clothes All I want is Just one look at that so-called monster Just one There we are, all set Now for a quick trip offshore
4: Up and away
1: Rocketing into the sky Superman streaks away over the dark ocean And is soon lost to sight Meanwhile, back at the inn. Lois Lane, still nervous and unable to fall asleep, is standing at the window of her room, looking out at the beach. The sky is cloudless now, and a brilliant half moon bathes the white sand and the black water in an eerie glow. Suddenly, Lois stiffens. The fingers of her right hand clutch at her throat. Her mouth keeps open, and her bulging eyes become bright with terror. Then, without warning, she turns, tears out of her room, and dashing across the corridor, pounds like mad on Horatio Horn's door.
5: Horatio! 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 Wake up! Hurry. For heaven's sake,
2: hurry.
5: All right. Just a minute. Uh, What's the matter, Miss Lane? Horatio, come into my room. Is is something wrong? You'll see in a minute. Come on, Horatio. There. Uh, Look out the window.
2: Great Lucifer. The monster's just off the beach. Yes.
5: And Horatio, look. He seems to be coming closer and closer to the beach.
4: Stricken,
1: Lois and Horatio Horn watched the two flaming red eyes of the mysterious sea monster move closer and closer to the white sand of the beach. Does the strange creature, whatever it is, plan to leave the water and invade the land? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. With Superman far offshore searching for the mysterious sea monster, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn saw the strange, fantastic creature wallowing in the water less than 50 yards off the beach in front of the inn at which they are staying. As we continue now, Lois and Horatio are moving quietly across the beach toward the water's edge,
2: clutching each other's hands.
5: I don't see its red eyes anymore, Horatio. Uh,
2: neither do I, but, but there's something black in the water. Uh, uh, Miss Lane, we'd
5: better not go down there alone. Uh, let's You back. know as well as I do that no one in this village would go within a mile of the, the monster. But... What if it leaps out of the water and it attacks us? That's a chance. We'll just have to take Alicia. What about Mr. Kent? Why can't we get him? Oh, he's worse than useless. Now stop, trying I, I can't help it. Look. Really look, Alicia. What, what? 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 In the water. The the two red what? eyes. He's coming for us. No, no. He's backing away. Look at his body. It's sinking. He's going under. Great Lucifer. Now he's gone. Oh, thank heavens. Wait a minute. What? There's something else down there. Where? See it? Half out of the water. Oh, what is it? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Come on, Rachel. Miss Lane, don't be foolhardy. I feel perfectly safe so long as I'm with you, Hurricane. Oh, I wish I felt that way. All right, now, this is far enough. Now, come on, shine your flashlight on it. Uh, uh, okay. There. The light is directly on it. See? Wait. It's a capsized boat, a fishing boat. Wait a minute. Horatio. What?
2: Look at the name on that stern. The name? The Nancy Ruth.
5: Great, Great Lucifer. It's Captain Marvel's boat. The boat we saw sink three miles offshore. That proves it. That proves it, Miss Lane. What does it prove? Well, we
2: saw that boat sink in 50 feet of water less than two hours ago. Yes. Now, no living thing could have raised it from the bottom of the ocean and brought it into shore. So that means the monster must be Supernatural!
1: (laughs) Is Horatio Horn right? If he isn't, how else could Captain Marvel's five-ton fishing boat be raised from the deep and carried three miles to the beach? The mystery is becoming more mysterious by the moment. Is the strange thing with glowing red eyes a monster of the sea or a creature of the unknown? You can be sure Superman will find out. But before he does, there are thrills and excitement in this story we call The Phantom of the Sea. So don't miss a single episode. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Serial.
4: Behold my process.
0: Ooh,
4: yeah, let me tell you something
0: right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Great subscription box, yeah. With an exclusive loop on surprises and you to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Calabunga to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Hee hoo! box What's with today. Huh? Browsers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, Those are facts just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash
3: loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it?
1: P.E.P. Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. (musibles) Today, Clark Kent, accompanied by Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, has his first encounter with the mysterious sea monster of St. Selmo with disastrous results... Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, I'm not one to be handing out advice, but I'd like to make a suggestion. I suggest that you get busy on the Double Quick and round out your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Because, well, there'll be exciting news for you on Monday. Meanwhile, be sure to be on hand when Mom opens a new package of Pep and gets your new comic button. If it's a duplicate, all the better, because then you can have the fun of trading with your pals and maybe get just the one to complete your collection of all 18 buttons in this series. Maybe a BZ or, or Goofy or Superman himself. So remind mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pet. Now you don't have to send in any money, not even a box top, and you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to look inside your package of pep for your prizes. And pep's a prize when it comes to good eating, too. It tastes a doggone sunny and golden. It's as cheerful as bright golden sunshine at the breakfast table. While well, your very first spoonful of those toasted wheat flakes tells you that this is gonna be good. So ask Mom for P E P, the Sunshine Cereal Kellogg's Pep. And be sure to be on hand next Monday to get the lowdown on that exciting big news that I've been telling you about. It's terrific! And now, the adventures of Superman! Investigating what frightened local fishermen believed to be a supernatural sea monster in the Canadian North Atlantic off the village of St. Selmo, Lois Lane and the eccentric Daily Planet correspondent Horatio Horn came face to face with what appeared to be the monster itself. Almost drowned when their boat was capsized and sent to the bottom, Lois, Horatio, and Captain Marble, owner of their hired fishing craft, were rescued by Superman. Later, while Superman flew out over the ocean to look for the so called monster, Lois and Horatio saw it, not more than 50 yards from the St. Selmo beach. But before they could get close to it, it dove beneath the surface and disappeared. It was then, however, that Lois saw the capsized hull of Captain Marble's boat half drawn up on the beach. At the sight of it, Horatio Horn turned pale.
2: <laughs> that proves it, Miss Lane. We saw that boat sink in 50 feet of water three miles offshore. Nothing human could have raised it from the bottom of the ocean and brought it here. So the monster must be supernatural.
1: The following morning, nearly all the residents of St. Selma turned out to see the beached wreck of Captain Marble's boat. And as we continue now, we find them standing at a respectful distance while they stare at it in awed silence. Lois and Horatio Horn, dressed in waist-high boots, have waded into the surf for a closer examination of the boat. Listen.
2: But I I tell you, Miss Lane, the the monster must have brought the boat here. Oh, nonsense. And how else could it get here two hours after we saw it sink to the bottom of the ocean? The tide probably washed it in. Impossible. In theory, as well as in fact. What makes you so sure of that, Horatio? A simple deduction, Miss Lane. A very simple deduction. Okay, Mr.
5: Detective School graduate, why couldn't the tide have carried it in?
2: Because from the time we saw Captain Marble's boat sink last night... To the time we found it here, the tide was going out. How do you know that, Horatio? I checked it this morning. Matter of fact, that man who's waiting out toward us right now will, I'm sure, confirm that fact. He's a local fisherman. He looks
5: familiar, is not he? Yes, it's Mr. Barnett. That's right. The man who first agreed to take us out in his boat for a look at that... that thing. And then mysteriously backed out at the 11th hour. I wonder what he wants to now. We'll know in a moment.
1: I right, come out here to warn your boat to go on back where you come from. Stop fooling with whatever done this.
5: Now, look here, my man. Wait a minute, Mr. Barnaby, our only interest is to help you people at St. Selmo.
1: We don't want none of your help.
5: Well, of all the immediate... You
1: heard what I said. I say it for all of us fisherfolk. Get out of town, stay out.
5: Just one question, Mr. Barnaby. Why are you and the other fishermen so willing to accept defeat without a fight? Yes,
2: I always thought people like you were brave and fearless.
1: No living man can be brave in the face of the devil himself.
5: Oh, nonsense. Do you think the devil rammed the boat and capsized it?
1: Well, maybe not the devil himself. But sure was one of his monsters.
5: What makes you say that?
1: I come out here at dawn this morning. I looked over the hull and I found the marks of his teeth. What? My teeth marks that must have been made when the monster carried the boat inshore in its jaws.
5: Oh, that's impossible. Uh, Would
2: you uh, show us those uh, teeth marks, Mr. Barnaby? Aye. They're over here in the lead side. Uh, come on, Miss Lane. This should be interesting. It Certainly should.
5: Oh, good heavens. Oh, What's the matter, Miss Lane? There's Clark Kent on the beach. Oh, so it. Is. I forgot all about him in the excitement. He must be worried. We're oh, supposed it. to be under doctor's care, you well, know. He can see that we're all right. Well, I'd better go ashore and reassure him. Oh, very
2: well. I'll have a look at what Mr. Barnaby calls a monster's oh, teeth monster. Okay,
5: I'll see you later. Be right with you,
4: Clark!
1: Mr. Barnaby suggests we leave St. Selmo, huh? Suggests
5: is hardly the word talk. He practically ordered us out of town. I see. He insists that the monster carried the wreck of Captain Marvel's boat in its mouth and placed it out there in shallow water. And right now he's showing Horatio what he calls the creature's teeth marks to prove Oh, it. ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm? I, I'm sorry we didn't call you last night when I saw the so-called monster offshore. Oh, that's
1: all right. I wasn't here anyway. I'd gone out to the fishing banks to have a look around.
5: I see. Of course, I didn't see the monster since all Wait the time a minute. was right off... How could you get out there?
1: How? Yes. Oh, well, I... Uh, skip it for now. I'll explain some other time. The important... Oh, thing... oh
5: no, you don't. You explain right now.
1: Look, Clo- Clo- I think before we do anything else, we should speak to the mayor of St. Selmo and see if we can't get some official cooperation. That's a good idea. Okay. Let's leave Horatio out there to make use of his correspondence to take your school education. He'll love that. And you come with me to the mayor's office. I've got an appointment with him at the town hall in ten minutes.
5: Good. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Of course, Mr. Captain. I've already communicated with the Coast Guard. Oh, fine. But they treat the matter lightly, as though it were a, a practical joke.
5: You mean they don't believe you?
1: Well, that's what it amounts to, Miss Lane. Did they refuse to help you? Well, after a while, when I persisted, they promised to send a patrol boat uh, tomorrow, or perhaps day after tomorrow. Good
5: heavens, that's-, that's
1: too indefinite. Look, Mr. Mayor, if you'll help me, I think I can clear up this mystery. What can I, a single individual and a mortal man, do to help? Well, first you must do everything you can to convince your people they have nothing to fear. Tell them that the the thing they call a monster is not supernatural, but something for which there must be a reasonable explanation. Uh, If only I was certain. You get me a boat and I'll prove it. A, A boat, Mr. Kent? Yes, I've discovered, and don't ask me how, that whatever it is doesn't appear unless a boat enters the waters of the fishing banks. So I want to go out there in a boat. But no one will take you, Mr. Kent. Everyone's afraid. No one has to take me. All I want is a boat. I'll run it myself. Now, can you arrange that for me? I'll do my utmost, Mr. Kent. Contact me again in a few hours. It may take some time. Very well. I'll be in touch with you. Come on, loss. Now, don't you worry about your boat, Mr. Barnaby. I know how to handle it all right. But you don't know these waters, Mr. Kent. There'll be fog tonight. I'll manage. And if I should have an accident, you'll be paid for the boat. Aye. But who's going to pay for your life? Why are you so sure I'm going to lose my life, Mr. Barnaby? Because I know better than you what you're running into. A monster wrecked Jonathan Marble's boat last night. All but killed him and them two passengers. Maybe you won't be so lucky. I'll take the chance. Well, it's your life. But don't say I didn't warn you. I won't. Cast off, please.
5: You thought you could run away without Horatio and me. I <laughs> <laughs> had no idea we were hiding in a cabin, you? Well, you?
1: can bet your shirt you wouldn't be here if i thought to look. I told you I wanted to go along. Well, I
5: told you, Mr. Lone Wolf, that this is the one time you weren't going to get away with snatching the scoop away from oh. me in your usual high-handed manner. No, advantage. sir, not this time.
1: I wasn't interested in snatching your scoop. Now, it was just what? the danger to you that concerned me. Well, it's
5: just dangerous for you, isn't it?
1: Oh, what's the use? You're here, so I'm stuck with you now. Make yourself useful by keeping your eyes peeled for that monster. As we continue now, the cabin cruiser with Clark Kent at the helm is plowing through the Canadian North Atlantic waters. Night has fallen, and a light fog hangs low over the vast ocean whose blackness is broken only by a whitish foam that caps the angry waves. Standing near Kent, her drawn face reflecting an inner battle with fear, Lois Lane tensely grips the rail while Horatio Horn, with night glasses pressed against his eyes, scans the waters for a sign of the monster. Any
5: sign of him, Horatio? Uh, not yet, Miss Lane.
1: Lois, Horatio, look over there to the right.
5: I see a red light. No, two yes, red lights. White color, it's
2: the monster. I thought so. All right, hang on. I'm swinging over to get closer. For heaven's sake, Clark, not too close. Stand by to swing hard and run for it, tent. He'll probably come for us as soon as he sees us. Okay, just a little closer. This fog is so heavy I can hardly look. Look, reach it, He's breathing fire. You're right. A stream of it, like a flamethrower. He's
5: aiming with three but us. She's right, Kent.
2: Swing around fast. Oh, it's too late. Can't get away fast enough. What? It oh. hit us. We're on
4: fire. Like Scott. Do something. Come The For heaven's do something.
1: Once again, the phantom monster of St. Selmo has struck. At this time and endangering the lives of Superman's friends, it has placed the Man of Steel in a position where it appears that he can do nothing to help them, without at last revealing the secret of his true identity. Will Clark can't be able to save both Douglas Lane and Horatio Horn without giving himself away? And will he, at the same time, discover the secret of the monster? Monday's episode in this exciting story of the Phantom of the Sea is fast and thrill-packed, so don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pap, the Sunshine Cereal.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Here's what you've been waiting for,
1: gang. That big news, I promised you. And is it exciting? Boy, well, it'll make you want to cheer. Now listen, you've been collecting those nifty comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. you probably got a lot of them right now pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. Well, those Pep comic buttons have been so doggone popular. You fellows and girls get such a kick out of collecting them that Kellogg's Pep now has a brand new series for you. Yes, sir. Eighteen new and different comic buttons to collect and to swap duplicates with your pals. For example, among others, there's a Winkle and a Mr. Bibbs ...and Denny Dimwit... ...and the Winnie Winkle Twins... ...and Daisy... ...and B.O. Plenty... ...and Gravel Gertie... ...Flat Top Wilmer... ...and Superman, of course. Boy, wouldn't you like to get all 18 of these... ...brand new pet comic Buttons? Well, you can, sure, easy as anything. You just remind Mom to get you a package... ...of that Sunshine Cereal... ...Kellogg's Pet. That's all. Just look inside the pet Package... ...and see which button you get. Now, you don't send in any money... ...not even a box stock... ...and you can't buy these Commie Buttons anywhere. But you get a really terrific prize... ...plus a catchy sunny dish for breakfast in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Ask mom for P-E-P, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. A mysterious red-eyed creature believed to be a supernatural sea monster is holding the tiny Canadian coastal village of St. Selmo in the grip of fear and has completely paralyzed the local fishing industry. Investigating the story for the Daily Planet, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, a part-time journalist and amateur detective, almost lost their lives when the strange creature rammed and sank the boat they had engaged to take them to the fishing grounds. But Superman saved them. Then, resuming his guise of Clark Kent, decided to look into the mystery himself. Hiring a boat, he went out to the fishing banks with Lois and Horatio. And when they reached the water supposedly frequented by the monster, they saw its red eyes piercing the fog-drenched darkness. A moment later, a stream of liquid flame shot from its mouth, struck the boat, and set it afire. As we continue now, the boat is burning like a huge torch. Listen. For heaven's sake, Clark, don't just
5: stand there.
2: Do something. We've got to put this fire out. We can't. It's too late. No, no, no. Here's a fire extinguisher. Use it, Horatio.
5: Hurry. Yeah, don't bother. It's a waste of time. What do we do? Abandon ship. Oh, no. Mr. Kent, Don't me. argue. Any minute now, the fire will reach the gas tanks. We've got to get off this boat. But he,
3: he's in drag, Miss Lane. Come
5: on, jump off the stairs. No, wait
2: a minute.
3: Jump. I still think we should try to put the fire out. Don't be stubborn, Lewis. Do as I say we well, you. What about you, Mr. Kent? I'm right with you. Ready, set, jump. Well, <laughs>
1: there goes the gas tank.
2: We we didn't get off a moment too soon, by
1: the way. Oh, we certainly didn't.
2: So, Look! The boat is sinking. The cloud of steam.
4: Well, well.
2: That's that. Yes. And here we are, Miss Lane and I, right back where we were last night. But this time we. May not have been as
5: lucky as we were then Well, if you'd listen to me You'd be
1: safe and drive back in St. Selmo And this might not have happened
2: We we had nothing to do with starting a
5: fire Certainly not The monster did it
1: I know, but I would have solved the mystery of the monster by this time Now with you here I can't even go look for it
5: What do you mean by that?
1: What
2: would you do? Swim around looking for it? Never mind, skip it. Our big problem now is getting back to shore.
5: If you're thinking of trying to swim for it, you can forget it because I've got all I can do to stay afloat. Same goes for me. Our only chance of Superman. We'll only find it again. Well, there's not much chance of that. no telling Superman shows up when he's least expected. Oh, the water It's so cold. I've got cramps in both my legs. Well, hang on to me, Miss Lane.
4: And we the file. Well,
5: I'll be right back.
4: Todd, Todd, where are you going?
1: Maybe I can find a piece of wreckage for us to hang on to. No, come around for far enough. They can't see me now in this darkness and fog, so it's safe to assume my real identity as Superman. No! Too bad I haven't time to track down that thing they call a sea monster. But he'll keep until I get Lois and Horatio back to shore. There we are. All set. Now, up and over to them. Up! Ah! No, no can't be. It certainly is, Mr. Horn. Here, grab hold of my arm. Oh, I
5: don't know how... I think we ought to see you again. What's
1: but the, the man- matter with you two? Must you go swimming at night?
5: Well, not exactly. You see, we came out here with- Clark oh, Kent! Oh, Superman! Clark is out here promptly?
1: Don't worry about him, he's safe enough. Hang on now. Uh, here we go, back to St. off. Up!
5: And away!
2: <laughs> Miss Lane! Miss Lane.
5: Who
2: is it? Me, uh, Horatio Horn. Are you dressed?
5: Just a minute, Horatio.
2: All right. Miss Lane, have you heard from Mr. Kent?
5: Come in, Horatio. Oh, thank you.
2: Uh, shall I leave the door open?
5: Yes. Clark will probably be coming along any minute now.
2: Oh, then you have heard from him.
5: Why, no, but Superman said he was here.
2: Well, he may be somewhere in St. Selmo, but he's not here at the then inn. How do you know? Well, as soon as I took a hot bath and changed into dry clothes, I went to his room, and he wasn't there. Well, he may have
5: stepped out for just a minute. And that's what I thought,
2: until I checked with the clerk.
5: He said he hadn't seen Mr. Kent since early this afternoon. Well, that's odd.
2: I don't want to worry you, Miss Lane, but. but may I join you?
5: Mr. Kent! Like Clark, where in the world have you been? Round
2: and about. Don't tell me you were worried. Well, the
5: last we saw of you, you were swimming off into the darkness out there on the fishing bank. Yes, and when Superman picked us up, he said he'd brought you back here. Well? Oh, now, stop being so smug, Clark. Uh-huh. Where were you and what have you been up to?
1: Oh, I, I was just doing a little snooping, that's all. Snooping? Uh-huh. You haven't forgotten about the
2: red-eyed monster, have you? I should say not. Oh, incidentally, uh, now that you've seen it, Mr. Kent, do you still think it's a whale or a shark? No, Horatio, it definitely is not. Do you think it's a creature of flesh and blood, a giant sea serpent, perhaps? No, I do not. And <laughs> it must be something out of this world, something supernatural. I'm certain it isn't that either.
5: Then what is it called? Well, I have a faint
1: suspicion, and just as soon as I... Uh-oh.
5: As soon as you what? Quiet, Lewis. What what's, what's the matter? matter? Someone in the
1: corridor, outside the door. Honey, do you no. Know? I'll show you. Stand back. I'll open the door. It's Mr. Barnaby. What's the matter, Mr. Barnaby? You look as if you'd seen a ghost. I, I, I couldn't believe it when they told me he was here, alive. Well, we are by Gulliver. Thanks Wait to... Wait a minute, Horatio. Tell me, Mr. Barnaby, why are you so surprised to see us alive? Well, I, I figured the monster. Yes? It don't matter. long as you come through it safe. Sorry, Sorry. I bothered you. Good night. Oh, wait, wait. Don't go yet, Mr. Barnaby. Aren't you interested in your boat? Don't you want to know where it is? She's wrecked, ain't she? How did you know? She is, ain't she? I repeat, how did you know? Never mind. you got to pay for her. And if you take my advice, you'll stop meddling with things. <laughs> that ain't none of your concern. Oh? I'll be expecting the money <laughs> for my boat by morning. Good night. Good night.
2: My, isn't he sweet. Well, if you ask me, he's off his nut.
1: I wish I could agree with you, Horatio. I'm afraid Mr. Barnaby is a lot smarter than we think. What made you say that, Clark? Because I believe... Well, never mind. I can wait.
5: Huh? Now, look here, Clark Kent. That's the second time tonight that you started to say something and then stopped. It is? Yes, it is. When you heard Barnaby outside the door, you were just about to tell us that you discovered something about the monster. Yes,
2: you said you had a faint suspicion.
1: Oh, I have more than that. Matter of fact, I may have the clue to the mystery. What is it? I don't know.
5: What do you mean you don't know? Either you have a clue or you haven't.
1: Relax, Lois. Don't chop my head oh, off. Oh, now,
5: really, Clark. You make me furious. Why? To begin with, this was my exclusive story until you horned into
1: it. Oh, come on, Lois. Act your age. Suppose
5: you act yours and stop beating around the bush. If you know anything, let's have it. Well, I don't
1: know anything yet, but I hope to before morning.
5: And how, may I ask?
1: Look. See
5: this bottle? Yes, what about it?
1: It contains a sample of the water in which the so-called monster has been seen. Say that again? I said it contains a sample of the ocean water in the vicinity of the fishing banks where the monster has been most frequently seen.
5: Well, what do you think that's going to tell you?
1: Everything or nothing.
5: I must confess, Mr. Kidd, I don't quite understand. You're not alone, Horatio. No one understands except Mr. Kidd, of course. It's
1: all very simple. I'm taking this sample of water back to Metropolis tonight for chemical analysis.
5: If it contains
1: what I think it does, I'll have the answer to the mystery of The Monster <laughs> Clark Kent expect to find in the sample of seawater. And how can it possibly lead to a solution of the mystery? Taking leave of Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, Clark Kent resumed his true identity as Superman and streaked back to Metropolis. As we join him now, he has again assumed the guise of the mild-mannered newspaper reporter and is leaning on a table in the laboratory of Ben Jacobs, the city chemist, who is just completing a series of tests on the sample of seawater Kent brought from St. Selmo. Well, Ben, what's the story? Hold your horses, Clark. I'm not through yet. Oh, I know, I know. But what, what, what's your guess? You think we got something there? Hmm, can't say yet. <laughs> cautious character, aren't you? Well, you got to be cautious analyzing things. You're mm, so right. Look, Ben, if you oh, think... A... What's up? You find something? Yeah. Well, what is it? I think it's what you're looking for. Oh, swell. If it is, I know the answer to the mystery of the monster.
2: Quick, Ben. Tell me what it is. <laughs>
1: Anxiously, Clark Kent waits for the chemist to tell him exactly what the analysis reveals. What did the chemist find in the sample of seawater, and why is it so important? We're getting closer to the solution, gang, and you won't want to miss it. So don't forget to hear tomorrow's action-packed episode of The Phantom of the Sea. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DZ comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pat, the sunshine cereal.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Today, while Superman delays his return to St. Selmo for a visit to the Daily Planet, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn unwittingly walk into a new development in the mystery of the Phantom Sea Monster. Hello there, gang. This is Dan McCullough. You know, the news that Kellogg's Pep is putting out a brand new series of comic buttons is spreading, as they say, like wildfire. All the fellas and girls in the gang are talking about these new comic buttons and making plans to collect all 18 in the new series. And no wonder why those Pep comic buttons you've been collecting right along are are so doggone smart-looking that, well, who wouldn't be excited about this new series? They're brand new funny paper characters, you know, like uh, Uncle Avery and Auntie Blossom and Fat Stuff and Mama Destros and, and Tilda, Tiny Tim, A Breath of Breeze and Little Joe and, of course, Superman himself. Every single one of them looks just as real as in the comic strips. Look mighty sharp in your jacket or dress or cap. And how do you get these new Pep Comic buttons? Why, it's easy. Just ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pep and look inside the package for your prize. That's right, a button in each package. Now, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to stock up on that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. The whole wheat flakes with that catchy, sunny flavor that makes breakfast so much fun. And so good for you, too. That's it, gang. For a sunshine breakfast dish and for exciting prizes, get P-E-P. The sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. On the trail of a front page story for the Daily Planet, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, a part-time journalist and amateur detective, twice came in contact with a strange creature said by local fishermen to be a supernatural sea monster. But each time they were rescued by Superman, who found them floundering in the water and brought them safely back to St. Selmo, a fishing village on the Canadian North Atlantic coast. Certain that the so-called monster was not supernatural, and suspicious of something he saw in the ocean where the creature seemed to live, Superman took a bottled sample of the water back to Metropolis. Then, resuming the guise and garb of Clark Kent, he brought it to the laboratory of his friend Ben Jacobs for chemical analysis. As we join him now, the chemist is studying the contents of a test tube. I think I found what you're looking for, Clark, but what good it's going to do you, I don't know. What do you mean? This sample of seawater contains very positive traces of oil. What kind of oil? Probably, although I wouldn't want to be held to it oil from a diesel engine. That's all I wanted to know. Ben, you practically solved the mystery of the St. Selmo monster single handed No, wait, not so fast. Let's get something straight here. Uh, I don't see how the fact that this seawater contains traces of diesel oil solves the mystery of a monster. Monsters aren't diesel-powered, you know. Oh, that's just the point. They aren't. That's what I said. I know it, you're right. One hundred percent right. And how does it solve the mystery? Well, maybe solve is too strong a word, Ben. It confirms a suspicion I've had for some time. I can't tell you about it now because I've got to get back to St. Selmo. Thanks a million, though, Ben. So long. Confident now that he is finally on the right track and hopeful of solving the mystery of the monster within a matter of hours, Clark Kent delays his return to St. Selmo long enough to visit the Daily Planet, where he plans to report to editor Perry White and assure him that all is well. Meanwhile, however, in the fishing village of St. Selmo, where the local residents are still numbed by the icy fingers of fear, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn await Kent's return. They are seated in the dimly lit public parlor of the inn at which they are staying. Lois, who has been dozing looks up suddenly to find Horatio Horn poring over the pages of a book.
5: What are you reading, Horatio? Hmm? I said, what are you reading? Uh, oh, oh uh, it's a book called, uh,
2: What Do You Want to Know? Oh. It's a sort of combination almanac and abbreviated encyclopedia, containing a thousand and one questions and answers. Uh-huh. Handy volume, too. I bet. Haven't been without it since it was awarded to me by the National Correspondence Detective Institute as a prize for graduating with high honors. Very
5: interesting, <laughs> What are you doing with it now, Boning for a guest appearance on a quiz program?
2: Oh, no, no. I, I'm looking for information on monsters. Monsters? Yes, but apparently there is no known variety of sea monster that's capable of shooting liquid flame.
4: Well,
5: for heaven's sake, Horatio, didn't you know that?
2: I thought I did. That is, until tonight, when uh, that uh, that fearsome creature shot a jet of flame that set our boat afire.
5: Oh, now, look, you still can't believe that... that thing is what Mr. Barnaby and the other superstitious people in the village say it is.
2: I don't want to believe it by Gulliver, but but what I think and what I see can't seem to make sense together. But speaking of Mr. Barnaby... I'd rather
5: not, if you don't mind. Uh, By the way, I wonder what clue Clark expects to find in that seawater he took to Metropolis. No
2: sense guessing. We won't know until he gets back here tomorrow. Meanwhile, though, I think we should have another talk with Mr. Barnaby.
5: What in the world for, Horatio? Well, I've been doing a good
2: deal of putting two and two together. With what results, Mr. Sherlock Holmes-Horn? Nothing definite, unfortunately. Mm. But, uh, well, do you recall Barnaby saying something about finding unmistakable teeth marks on the hull of Captain Marble's boat after we found it beached? Yes. Inferring, of course, that the boat was brought ashore by the monster in his mouth. What about it? I examined those marks very carefully under a magnifying glass. And to me, they looked very much like markings that would be made by a steel cable. But, Horatio, what does that prove? That Mr. Barnaby wanted us to believe something that isn't so. Hmm. That never occurred to me. And another thing. Why did Barnaby look as if he was seeing ghosts when he discovered that you, Mr. Kent, and I were alive after we went out to find the monster in his boat tonight? I don't know, but he did. And how did he know his boat had been sunk
5: before we had told anyone what had happened to it? Say, I think you've got something there, Horatio. You bet I have, by Gulliver. But wait a minute. What possible connection could Barnaby have with the monster? That's just what I'd like to find
2: out. And I think it's worth having a talk with him while we're waiting for Mr. Kent's return. On a chance that he might let something slip. Do you think he's home? Only one way to find out. All right, let's go. Let's go. Uh
1: Hello, Clark Kent speaking. Oh, ho, Chief. Who could tell you to call me back? I see. Well, it... What... What? Whoa, now, wait a minute. One question at a time. I've been in town just a couple of hours. I, uh, well, well I, I flew down. Oh, nothing much. Just checking a clue. Oh, yes, it definitely is a big story brewing up there. Well, if luck's with us, I, uh, that is, we expect to crack it sometime tomorrow. No. No, look, Chief, I haven't time to give you the details now because I've got to fly back to San Selmo tonight. What? Well, no, 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 don't get excited. I'll leave you a memo detailing everything we know so far. No, don't worry. We'll be okay. Right. Okay, see you soon. Good night, Chief. (laughs) Excitable guy, that very white. Well, since I said I'll do it, I better knock out a memo to the Chief. just hope Lois and Horatio keep out of mischief while waiting for me.
2: no answer. I guess Barnaby's not home. He
5: could be asleep. After all, it is late, especially for St. Elmo.
2: Yes, I suppose it is. I'll walk around to the side of this shack and have a look in the window. How do
5: you expect to see anything in the dark? Well, there's a bright
2: moon. Probably throws enough light through the window to see inside. You wait here. All right. Be
5: careful, Horatio. I will. And hurry up, will you?
3: Okay. Horatio? What?
5: Do you see anything? Enough. What do you
2: mean? Barnaby's not in. Are you sure? Positive. I could see his bed and it's
5: empty. That's odd. Where in the world do you suppose he'd be at this hour of the night?
2: I don't know. But this certainly makes me even more suspicious of friend Barnaby by Gulliver. We'll have to wait until morning to
5: talk to him. Let's get back to the
2: inn. Why not wait here until he returns? You mean
5: stand out here on this cold, damp beach for Lord knows how long, not in your life. Well, maybe we can wait inside. I, I'd kind of
2: like to have a look around in there anyway. What do you want to do, break in? Well, my detective course taught me that he... <sighs> What do you know? Door's open. That's funny. Come on, Wait
5: a minute, Horatio. We can't do this.
2: Why not? Well, because. Well, he says he left the door unlocked. I'm sure Mr. Barnaby will have no objection to our waiting for him inside his shack. But, but what if he does object? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Come on in.
1: Fearful of what may happen if their suspicions of Barnaby are confirmed, Lois reluctantly follows Horatio Horn into the fisherman's shack. As we continue now, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn are in the shack of Mike Barnaby, a St. Selmo fisherman. They suspect of knowing more about the mysterious monster than he wants to tell. Still playing detective, Horatio Horn is busily examining the contents of the shack by the light of an electric torch. While Lois, worried and concerned, keeps urging him to leave the shack and return to the inn.
5: Yeah. For heaven's sake, Horatio, stop snooping and let's get out of here before we're caught. And
2: Just as soon as I've given this place a good going for, Miss Lane.
5: But what are you looking for?
2: Oh, nothing special. Just anything that could possibly be a clue.
5: I warn you, Horatio, this detective business of yours is going to get you into trouble.
2: On the contrary, Miss Lane. My detective course taught me that you can't... Great Jupiter. What's the matter? Look at this, Miss Lane. What? What is it? I found it tucked away in that corner under a pile of fishnets.
5: Why... Why, that's a walkie-talkie. Yes, a portable two-way radio. A transmitter and a receiver. What in the world would a simple fisherman like Barnaby be doing with a thing like that?
3: You want to know too much, Miss Lane. (laughs) Mr. Barnaby. Aye.
1: Just in time to fix it so you don't meddle no more in things, that is is none of your concern.
5: put, Put that gun away. I want
1: you to get out of town. But you wouldn't pay me no mind. So now you're gonna take the consequences. eyes gleaming hatefully in the moonlight that filters into the shack, Ike Barnaby moves slowly, menacingly, toward Lois Lane and Horatio Horn. A blue-barreled revolver held steadily in his hand, passed by the angry armed fisherman. What will happen now to Lois and Horatio, with Superman still in Metropolis and unaware of their predicament? A great deal happens in tomorrow's thrill-packed episode of this exciting Superman adventure, Phantom of the Sea. So be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copywriter teacher appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal.